0: What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Josie and the Pussycats, the live action film from 2000 or 2001. 2001. About Josie and the Pussycats. What do you probably know from the Archie comics?
1: Yeah, because have some Archie comics.
0: Well, I, I think people have, like, it's in the popular imagination, mm-hmm. pop culture yeah.
1: sphere of, of things. They had a cartoon in the... 80s 60s 90s i don't know yeah and then
0: point. uh they were some of the characters on riverdale mm-hmm. um so this movie follows them there's not a lot of spoilers really so but i think if it's a <laughs> 2001 film you, you've you had your the deadline's
1: over the deadline's yeah.
0: over so these are well they're my first impressions. this is the first time i I've have seen, seen the it film
1: before because I watched it and was like, Amy, you have to see this movie. Yeah, the way you described it, I was like,
0: wait, why did you watch this without me? I think I didn't
1: know that's what it was going in.
0: You were, you watched this one day in the last year. I think it was while you were working at home and yeah, during the pandemic. I just,
1: it was on HBO Now, and I was like, sure, I'll put on Josie and the Pussycats. I've never yes. seen this movie.
0: Yeah. And so this is uh, first impressions, unedited, but not Kevin's first impressions. But still unedited. But so. still unedited. And... Spoilers, but like I said, you—it's a 20 something old movie.
1: Your,
0: your yeah, time. Your time, so you want to repeat for our listeners the first impressions you told me about a couple
1: months ago? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I am—I was almost mad that this movie isn't bigger than it is. Like nobody ever talks about this movie that I have seen, which is to say, the people who are talking about it are not in my spheres. <laughs> Because uh, someone out there has to be talking about this movie.
0: I saw on Wikipedia a review by Nathan Rabin was. Oh yeah, uh, of the AV Club. I love Nathan Raven. You stuff. have some of his books. I, have a I couple know of his
1: books. I follow him. Um, yeah, the Weird Accordion to Al is his entire journey through the Weird Al discography mm-hmm. is really good. Um,
0: Two thousand nine review of the film was quoted. That sounds in, right. Um,
1: Nathan Rabin doesn't Wikipedia. doesn't stick with hot takes. He he does lukewarm takes where he comes on stuff much later than it was out (laughs)
0: that's my style of cultural (laughs) criticism right there
1: (laughs) yeah he he finds stuff much later and is like um i wouldn't be surprised if this was um part of his his series i'm now blanking on the name of it it's like fiasco failure
0: yeah sure that could be
1: where he, he looks at movies that are sort of critically dismissed or bombed um and and sort of reevaluates them with fresh eyes and a lot of times he comes back and says nope this was as terrible as it was or yes this was as terrible as everyone said it was and absolutely worth watching or like hey this was absolutely worth watching um yeah, I can't remember what the series was called on the AV Club. This is a
0: cited totally jerking case file 147, Josie and Pussycats My AV Year of Club.
1: Flops was the name of the thing. So, yes. From the Onion? Yeah. Well so the, the Onion a- owns v- AV Club. Okay. Or did at one point in time. It's all moved around because now I think they're owned by Gawker. Um but he he started a column called My Year of Flops that lasted more than a year and is now called like my world of flops. And each one has a case file where he goes and pulls a flop off the shelf and finds out if it was a failure fiasco or secret success. And as, there's now a book called my year of flops that is the original book of them. It's also where the term magic pixie dream girl was originally. Uh, so Nathan Rabin was, Ruben was the creator of magic pixie dream girl as a phrase uh, specifically, in relationship to the uh, character in Elizabethtown, Town, mm-hmm. um, which is way off off where we were talking about Josie and the Pussycats. Well,
0: that's like a teen drama thing yeah. movie from the early two thousands.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I like Nathan Raven stuff. I follow him of things.
0: So going back to your initial thoughts on My initial thoughts
1: were why under, does nobody talk about this movie? Under-appreciated. It is incredibly underappreciated. Uh it is an at 2001, I was in early 2000s like criticism and satire of the popular media industry through the lens of a girl group pop bio movie thing like I I just didn't know what to expect, and literally like moments into it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this movie is so amazing!"
0: Well, as soon as you heard Dujour start yeah. singing, Dujour you're like, starts oh, I get it. singing. Oh, I get it. Backdoor
1: Lover, and to a
0: crowd of screaming oh, girls.
1: Yeah, and guys, there were some guys in the In the that's true. In the it was a well. majority yes. of
0: of the pastiche,
1: and and Dujour is made up of like. Oh, it's that guy, uh, yeah, uh, Seth Green, Seth Donald Green. Faison,
0: mm-hmm. um, Brooke, Brooklyn, not Brook,
1: Brooks.
0: No, I it did pull up the uh, the cast. That list was smart of you. Of Seth Green, Breckenmeyer. Yes. Um. Yeah. Like and so just... it's a spoof of of the heyday of boy band groups, which is this is filmed still in the heyday. Oh yeah. Of of at least the. Kind of millennial mm-hmm. boy bands because boy bands have been around.
1: Yeah, for Forever. decades. The Beatles were a boy band. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, it, it's a it's a satire of the sort of pop music machine and the idea that it only exists to create, uh, you know, merchandise, merchandise, and to convince kids to spend teens, their to teens spend to spend their their,
0: their disposable income because yeah. they don't pay taxes and.
1: Like, I figured out that's what the movie was doing very early on. Yeah. But then the movie, like, goes on to literally just explain that's what it's doing. Which is amazing. Like, yeah. I love it. Like, it's not even tongue-in-cheek. It's just like, yep, this is the story. And then Eugene Levy shows up in an educational film as Eugene Levy to talk about the the uh, subliminal messaging. Uh,
0: subliminal and product placement <laughs> and... <laughs> And what the devious the the bad guys
1: Yeah. And it's it's so self aware. It's so funny. Like it manages to do all of that in in a in a not I wouldn't want to say believable way, but in a way that is, is
0: it, it's not believable. No. It's to me I was trying to think of okay, how would I describe it's kind of campy, but I think camp is the wrong word because I would say
1: cartoony. Cartoony is is the way is what I I was using. I was going to say
0: slapsticky. I think reminiscent of things like Pink Panther, but also like the Will Ferrell films of the era.
1: Zoolander. Yeah, it's right up in there. I would I would say this is better than a lot of Will Ferrell stuff.
0: Yes, I would say that too. (laughs) And and we can talk about why we would all know about Will Ferrell stuff and not about. This film
1: and and just killer performances from everybody involved.
0: Yeah, so I was going to read the, some of the cast list: Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reid, which you would know if you were a child of the nineties. Mm-hmm. You probably remember yeah. them and their films. Rosario Dawson, um, who I used to like. I've, I've <laughs> I have still... complicated feelings about Rosario
1: Dawson. Even so, watching this,
0: uh, some news has come out recently where she's been accused of a hate crime. So. Uh, I don't know how how that's kind of Yeah, shaken I struggle out. with that still. Um, but she that was that led to she's been a controversial controversial casting choice, ah, casting choice in uh in The Mandalorian.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Gabriel Mann, who's kind of just one of the, that guys I know him from Revenge, but most recently he was in Batwoman playing Bruce Wayne's friend. Um,
1: Thomas
0: oh I don't remember his name okay he was just super jealous <laughs> of Bruce
1: Wayne well I know his name because he's an important character in the comics um and I'm now blanking on oh, it but
0: yeah then um Paolo Costanzo was on Royal Pains as the brother yeah, Evan R.
1: Lawson Esquire yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Missy Pyle we all know Missy Pyle Everybody she's Missy Pyle. In every, it's like she's in so many things um well, hello, Felicity. Alan Cumming. We all know Alan oh, Cumming and love Alan, Alan Cumming,
1: Cumming. Is so perfect in this film. I mean, Alan Cumming is perfect in everything, but also in this.
0: Yeah. Um, Parker Posey. Parker Posey. I mean, an amazing, like on the edge of bad acting performance, uh-huh. but she pulls it off.
1: Oh. Just. Because she's knife pretty, edge just beautiful just
0: Parker Posey and then we went over DuJour, Donald Faison, Seth Green, yeah. Brick and Meyer I don't know who Alexander Martin is and
1: um, he was the least famous of them that that's for sure he was in Can't Hardly Wait which um, was the
0: same kind of production game yeah. Carson Daly as himself
1: another um, Carson Daly
0: <laughs> another Carson Daly played by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds yeah <laughs> who, and Eugene Levy yeah, and Babyface
1: is like a big deal in the music industry yes um yeah eugene levy as eugene levy like this cast is like heck even you know hiro kanagawa shows up in like a no line role like it's that guy (laughs) he's also very cool (laughs) like just deep cast of 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 so many like oh it's that guy actors people but, who
0: it's it's kind of a combination of people who had uh, were in a lot of movies in that little moment in time yes. and people who have gone on to do other others, amazing things. other things yeah.
1: yeah um but yeah like i think this movie was so self-aware specifically because it came out in this time of all of these other movies and that i blew it off for years thinking it was just another one of those
0: <laughs> yeah well and i i think i would have been 15 or 16 when this came out mm-hmm. and i kind of knew about it because the kids i babysat had the soundtrack to it so i i remember thinking of it more as like a a pre-tween mm-hmm. pre, what do you call
1: Tween, a tween, yeah,
0: yeah I, okay, a pre-tween, tween <laughs> kind of movie at the at the elder age of fifteen yeah, or sixteen. Yeah.
1: It was, you know, it was for them kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, but this, um, but this holds up. Oh yeah, I don't like. I wouldn't I, even at fifteen or sixteen, I wouldn't have gotten all the references no. uh, to
1: what was to what was
0: happening, was happening. And I think looking back at it. 2020 2021 Mm -hmm. um moment where we've even gone beyond that in merchandising and product placement we're just like uh parker posey characters dream (laughs) are coming true yeah
1: um and and this film is full of product placement there is not Ten seconds that go by without seeing a brand name of some sort.
0: Yeah, and I and I really wondered if they had gotten paid endorsements from all of those places, or they're I just like, so. screw it, we're putting all of these products <laughs> yeah. in.
1: Because you can certainly you can get away with that in in film, although it's it's always a little bit trickier from a legal side. But <laughs> in this case, you can definitely make the case that it is parodic, it is commentary. Um, but I I would love for every single brand in this to have paid to be in this movie.
0: And they were so nineties, like oh. the brands. I was just like Surge. taken back to <laughs> Sobi.
1: I saw a Soby ad, and I was like, "Oh man, you remember that Soby
0: <laughs> I think my favorite was the Evian ad at the beluga whale. Yes, um, manatees were they beluga whales? I thought they were beluga whales, but they, they were, might have been beluga they were whales. Underwater sea underwater creatures, mammals. yeah. At the at the like, yeah, they were inside whales. the aquarium. Was yeah, an the Evian, Evian logo. <laughs> No, like, just was in the background favorite. of a scene.
1: Like, that's just...
0: Uh, I, there's a ton of very, like, target-decorated
1: mm-hmm. scenes. At least one of the planes that they're in is target-themed. And one of the
0: hotel is, is um, not, like, decorated buy items you would buy at target but by the brand for target and i thought that was a funny connection because rosario dawson was was in it and she was in jane the virgin and jane the virgin had a lot of target Target
1: placement yes target
0: placement (laughs) later on So I was, I was playing yeah, some That was a weird cannon. time
1: when they just went to Target every week on Jane the Virgin. Yeah, well, you gotta... <laughs> you gotta pay the bills. It's...
0: it's. Uh, I thought it was better story-wise than when people are in the car in a TV show and they're like, hey, check out yes, my GPS yes, to see what my car can do. Still
1: better. Target is a real store you can go to at least. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So
0: they're... The product placement. Mm-hmm. Um, The the rough outline is the story is it's a evil music executive who has the maniacal plan that all of the music will have some messaging to, to, to make
1: people buy things, um, to set trends and their
0: latest band du jour kind of, uh, This happens in the first five minutes. It catches on. There's something weird going on in the background of their tracks, and so they are killed off Yes, (laughs) um, in the first five minutes.
1: In an amazing, like, scene. Like, the fact that, hey, you get to meet DuJour on the plane, and they're all hilarious, all very good comic actors. DuJour means family. And, And then, like, with zero warning, Alan Cummings is like... We're killing them, and then jumps out of an airplane and lets it crash. Yep.
0: <laughs> and then he lands in Riverdale, and he needs to find a new Gotta band. Find a new band. and uh, it just happens to happen upon
1: yeah
0: uh, Josie and the, and the Pussycats, Pussycats walking across the street, not even playing. I think one of my favorite lines is after they've done this whole big film montage of all of their success. Mm-hmm. Josie's like, "Does anybody else think it's kind of weird that?" All this happened in the last week. Like, I got a number one single. Their pictures up in Times Square. Yeah. And uh, Alan Cumming's character gets ready to call in the. the, school, the yeah, he pulls out his phone. Squad. Yeah, he's
1: he's like ready.
0: But the the uh, Val and Mel are like nah.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. I just I don't have a, I don't know that I have a whole lot to say more than that. But it's just it's such a good movie.
0: It is. It's. Uh, like i said it's underappreciated i think it's more of a cult classic now
1: Mm -hmm. than
0: it it was a bomb when it it bombed yes yeah it was a flop it was
1: it was not successful i wonder if they've got the like rotten tomatoes ratings on here easily i
0: yeah i'm just thinking about the the branding also of tara reed and the shower the Shower is branded McDonald's <laughs> in the frosted
1: glass, like very. Yeah, you got the little golden arches,
0: like, like tasteful, tastefully. Yeah. But what was killing me was their sponges. Yes, you have like hamburger little sponge and a French fry <laughs> sponge.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was such such perfection of branding and. Like, yeah, as you say, like, this is kind of the world as it turned out. Like, it was it was commenting on a lot of things in terms of, like, everything's branded, everything is, you know, manufactured. You know, the reason someone is popular is because they're made to be so. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: and also in, in this key moment, I think that it'll, it goes down as a key moment in, in history when you do have Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. and NSYNC, which were just audition groups. Spice Girls mm-hmm. were put together by
1: producers Musicers. by record labels which yeah. is not
0: any, i mean that's how k-pop oh, yeah. bands are put together now that's how what was what's one, the direction. One? Yeah, one direction yeah one direction one
1: direction was a group of like solo singers on uh x factor one of its and earliest seasons simon cowell
0: is like i can fix this <laughs> let's put you all in a group um so uh not new still happening
1: yeah on the Tomatometer, which is ridiculous. A
0: commentary, I think, on the overnight sensation as well. Like the Mm -hmm. comment of, can you believe this happened in a week? We, you know, we recorded an (laughs) album. We went to number one on the Billboard charts. We have sold out things. We've got, you
1: know, a a highly requested music video back when that was the thing that counted.
0: (laughs) And that's how we imagine the overnight sensations. Happening. That's
1: that is the myth of the overnight sensation put out by movies like this, like not this specific one, but you can you can think of all. I, I can't think of all of them, but there's lots of movies, I think, in this genre. Um, that thing you do, I think, is a classic, mm-hmm. um, which is also a little parodic or, or a little satirical. Less so than I think something like this. This but, uh,
0: this is on the edge of, of being bad. Yes, and I think people did see it initially as and just thought it was bad. bad, but there is something artfully. Mm-hmm. De- I mean, you've got Ellen coming and Parker Posey, who are heavy hitters. Oh yeah, well in,
1: Missy I Pyle think. in like the third tier role, like she's amazing.
0: And oh, she said another one of my lines are <laughs> so meadow. She's like, someone asked, "Why are you here?" And she said, it was in the comic. Yeah, and, and then just
1: and, and we just move on. <laughs>
0: There are several comments about um, that allude to being Josie and the Pussycats being a comic, being a cartoon, yes, being a film Mm -hmm. that are very meta-textual.
1: Yeah, I mean, even the the end when the government agent comes in is like we actually decided that uh, subliminal messages in film works much better.
0: (laughs) Then you get a little Josie and the
1: Pussycats is the best movie ever.
0: Not really subliminal when no. you can stop and read it. Yeah. Oh. And you
1: hear Mr. Movie Guy reading it to you. The, the movie phone. Mr. Movie Phone. Um, I think that's something, too, is... is I don't know that if I had seen this in 2001 or two or thereabouts, that I would have seen it as such an effective encapsulation of that period in time. Oh,
0: of course not. We were living in it. I
1: know, but we're always living in it. But I think... Like... The hairstyles, the fashion, so much of that that we can look back on 20 years later and go oh, yeah. like, oh, that was exactly what it was all like.
0: The makeup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just
0: the feeling of like being in a mall. They weren't in a mall, but just that feeling it, of the It felt stores. like they were always in a mall. <laughs> the, the music shop where everybody's... Um, you know, you could test out CDs yeah, to listen to them because you didn't have Spotify, stations. yeah. So you couldn't test. Oh out. yeah, I
1: I loved music stores with listening stations. Yeah, where they had demo demo CDs for all the major hits, and you could go listen to and them. And you'd
0: hang out. Yeah. In the the record.
1: Yeah, I did that at Virgin Megastore in the Grapevine Mills Mall. Mm-hmm. That's that's a thing I did. Uh, <laughs>
0: Steve Matt, like these brands that are still around, but yeah. I don't they're not the same.
1: They were such. Of that period, the Puma,
0: the Soviet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying to think what was the new. Oh, Diet Coke is the new Pepsi One.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I loved that. Was the structure of of the product placement so often was X is
1: the X was the new that X is yeah. the new that. and and they and like you saw it again. This is some of the subtler parts of this not at all subtle film is like the clothing choice, like the costuming. So in the in the first opening scenes, everybody's wearing pink as they're waiting for oh. du jour. Du jour is also covered in pink. Um, and then roughly 10, 15, 20 minutes into the movie... Alan Cumming plays the new song and everyone decides that orange is the new pink. Mm-hmm. We got to get orange shoes. Cause that's the new pink.
0: Cause I assume it was in the subliminal messaging, but we don't hear it.
1: Yes. That, but that's, that's what's yeah. very, very heavily implied to be happening. Yeah. And two scenes later, all the background characters are wearing orange. Even some of the main characters are wearing orange inconsistently. And then we get Parker Posey in the reveal of like all the new trends that they're manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And, um, like one we're replacing cool with jerky and or jerked i I think it was jerked yeah, that's so jerked, um, and then blue is the new orange, and then, like for the rest of the film, everyone's wearing blue and saying jerked like it's just a word people use <laughs> like that's that's smart filmmaking like that's that is. Subtle isn't the right word because it's not. It's not at all subtle. Um, but it's an internal consistency that holds the truth of the story.
0: But it's yeah, it's in your face in a in a good way, in a meta way, in a way that it feels like the film knew what it was doing. Oh yeah.
1: Well, again, I, I think I like that's why I like the term cartoony because yeah. it felt like a cartoon.
0: Yeah. Not
1: cartoony in a negative way, but it felt like that sort of heightened reality that.
0: animation often presentational not with the violence of that is possible in cartoons no not
1: any of the not not any of the violence but that that over the top thing that you get in cartoons where where due to a lack of detail you kind of turn everything up a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, like Parker Posey's bedroom
0: oh that was a bizarre bizarre (laughs) that was probably the most bizarre scene (laughs) Where she takes Josie and the Pussycats up to her bedroom and her mansion, which is like this, the house is so modern, mm-hmm. modernist, concrete, glass, yeah. steel. The bedroom is concrete walls and it's just like pink.
1: Yes. Just an explosion of pink. And
0: she turns into like this character chair of, of a teenager.
1: Yeah,
0: And like, let's talk about boys and let's braid hair. Mm-hmm. And then- this commentary on thinness comes in <laughs> <laughs> i'm such a pig for eating a pringle and it, yeah i it just i don't know if it's because i'm in like a healthy at every, any every size mm-hmm. mindset these days and weight is not health yeah but i feel like the conversation i it brought me back to that moment of the two early 2000s yeah of being the conversation on being thin and yeah. I, I feel like it's a different conversation now yes I don't know how it doesn't it it just took me
1: back. (laughs) It felt very much of a moment. And like, again, I think the emotional reality of that moment in this absurd, ridiculous scene, like I think is later made to be clear, like that's the closest to the person that Parker Posey's character is Mm -hmm. to being herself in that movie. She's letting her guard down in a way that I don't know is is real or not i think that's an interesting question but in a way that she is trying that is what she's striving for like we learned that's the thing that is driving her
0: but you don't know if it's if it's a manipulative thing is she doing this to put on a performance for them is she knowledgeable that she's doing this or is is she letting her guard down and it's just it was uncomfortable to watch it was awkward um i've I felt like Josie and the Pussycats were also feeding into that audience for years. Yeah, this of like, is, what, what? what is going on? It was so out of the blue. Yes. For a movie that was so turned up.
1: Yes. To... But I, I think it fits. Like, I think I think it fits in a sense that it sets up the sort of reveal at the end of her being driven by this need for acceptance. hmm and, you know, being made fun of as a kid and like, I'm, I'm not like, it's not a complex character that she's playing. No, of course not. But none of the characters are particularly no. complex. Um, but it sketches in that character's story. Like that scene is much more, I think, about her than it is about Josie and and yes. Melody and Valerie's reactions to her it's just not clear that that's what it's about in the moment because it does come out of nowhere and it does not match what we, the audience have seen of her at all before now.
0: I also think it's interesting, um, that it is telling the story of film replacing music, like the decline of the music industry, because you see (laughs) the music industry at the top through Parker Posey that it's through the music industry that That you're going to get, um, Yeah, the subliminal messaging. Mm -hmm.
1: That's going to set the the everything below. And And this
0: is pre Napster. Yeah,
1: even pre widespread. Yeah, yeah. it's it's on that cusp. It is on that moment of the eventual collapse of the music industry.
0: Yeah, which we're we're seeing the last kind of gasps yeah of it right yeah, now even
1: spotify realizes there's no money in music because of spotify
0: yeah <laughs> so that is interesting that it could kind of
1: you can see that looking moment. back 20 years yeah It could
0: see that i don't know if that was a if we knew that was coming in 2000 2001 i don't remember I don't know if
1: we did um but i it was it's it does what a lot of good science fiction does which is enhance the present to a possible conclusion um, mm-hmm. And this time it turned out to be pretty accurate. Yeah. Not the subliminal messaging stuff, but a decline lot of the excesses of the and, yeah, decline of music. Which industry. also
0: we're seeing a decline in the film industry right now from both the pandemic, mm-hmm. from the people going to the theaters even less, even before the pandemic yes. because of, of the streaming, things yeah. like when you Netflix. Have, I mean,
1: I think... I have certainly experienced some blockbuster fatigue. Like I went and saw by the time I saw Endgame, I was kind of done with giant superhero movies. Like I liked it in the moment.
0: Well that's because so many of them have been all fluff, no substance. Yeah. And
1: But we're but that's what we're getting more of. It's the Transformers yeah. problem. It's this sort of like bigger, bigger, bigger you don't like I don't know who would produce a movie like Josie and the Pussycats today. Like, this is that sort of mid-budget, goofy, weird, like, again, the sort of, like, Adam Sandler.
0: um, Will Ferrell. Will
1: Ferrell space. Ben. Stiller. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Words. Yeah, or Seth Rogen. Like, all of those sorts. It's, like, in that space, but that space is getting squeezed out because you're not letting new voices in. You're letting Will Ferrell still makes the occasional movie, but well, um,
0: Will Ferrell and Adam McKay are now producing all of these serious shows that I've been enjoying. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: yeah feel like... Adam McKay's a producer on Succession, which so still, is Will Ferrell. Is he? Yeah, okay, it's the two of them. Mind.
0: <laughs> the Motherland series we watched on the Witches in what? Salem. They were executive producers on that. That's fantastic. I love it.
1: I didn't notice that. Um, neat. But yeah. you're, but that's happening on the TV space. Like yes. I think I think the TV space right now is filling that mid tier storytelling, which unfortunately means we're not going to get any movies that fit that. And I think m- movies and TV are different medium and yes. tell stories well in different ways. So I'm disappointed by that sometimes.
0: He, not having the possibility. Yeah, this could have been a Netflix original maybe it probably Uh, would have been a tv show it
1: would have been a tv show and it would have been too long (laughs) uh
0: being thankful that this exists in the moment it existed in oh absolutely a little time capsule did
1: you know that uh queen's gambit was originally a, a movie script
0: no i i mean i saw a twitter repeated somewhere that like a it had been 30 years in the making. It's, it's you been know, around a long time. You know, one of those overnight successes. That's been
1: 30 years in the making, yes. That's been 30 years <laughs> in the making. Speaking of, uh, Rhea Butcher has a new album coming out next week. I'm very excited. Uh,
0: is Does it have to do with I, overnight success? I consider
1: them to be an overnight success 30 years in the making. Okay. Or they're on that path. I don't think I, they're there yet, but.
0: Yeah, that, okay.
1: <laughs> that's, okay. That's my sort of thought is like, I can see them being that in 10 years. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I they they've been working towards it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's just another step on that journey of an overnight success. <laughs> um that was off 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 topic. Um you know, Queen's Gambit was a feature film. And some of the reviews that I've read of it are like, yeah, it feels like it's a feature film stretched over like 10 or 12 episodes. I don't know. I think it might be eight.
0: Not from a streaming
1: service, a 10-hour movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is why I don't, I wouldn't have wanted this to be a Netflix streaming show.
0: I should say, for the record, we have not watched Queens Gambit. One nothing
1: against Queens Gambit specifically, we will watch it because everybody loves it. Yeah. But, like, I can see the Netflix oh. streaming version of Josie and the Pussycat spending an entire hour with Dujour before they even get killed, and. You know all of these just just these great comedic bits and moments getting stretched. It's just five out. minutes,
0: just five these minutes, five minutes was it's
1: your, perfect. It set up the world needed, of the film, as opposed to fifty-eight minutes because we don't have commercials, so we can make a TV episode as long as we want. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of it and you go, "Wait, I spent an hour with them for nothing." That's that's a critique of Netflix and and Hulu and so far. Well I was gonna say so far HBO shows don't do that, but I forgot Westworld.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. HBO shows have been there. So this film I think was um it was progressive in in its critique of this late stage consumer capitalism mm-hmm. world that we continue to live in. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was progressive in seeing kind of the collapse of the music industry. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm giving it more credit. Because um, he claps only comes when the FBI agent comes and says, and sets down. <laughs> we've
1: decided films yeah. are a much better way to deliver. Um, I, think, I think you can give it credit for at least seeing that was a potential
0: um, thing. And, and that's about where its progressiveness stops. <laughs> but I will say uh, that they did pay attention to Valerie's character being a woman of color. Yes. Uh, because there kind of was that storyline of feeling like she may be pushed out because she was a woman of mm-hmm. color as you see her watching a BHN behind the music. Um of
1: Captain Tonil and the, the chief. third
0: the <laughs> third character, the chief yeah. uh, who was cut out of, of uh the The original the original group. Captain um um yes. which was set up even earlier when I think it was Alan Cummings characters. it's like three Christina Aguilera's Well like two white yeah. Christina Aguilera's <laughs> and one darker
1: skinned Christina. Yeah, she's incredibly tan.
0: <laughs> so they were acknowledged. Of that, yeah, yeah. It's not amazing. It's no. not representation yeah. <laughs> that we need and want. But I did think that that was.
1: was at least smart about it to a certain extent.
0: More than I feel like I got out of a lot of my yeah. late 90s, early 2000 teen Oh, yeah. Films.
1: Yeah, that's that's still so we kind still of, kind of over my head yeah. at that point. But a lot in of time. that stuff, you 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 get the the eponymous black best friend, not eponymous. You get the, the black best friend. Yep. Um, like Clueless, I think is a great example of that. Uh, Clueless mm-hmm. is a nearly perfect film. Like I'm not also holding yeah that against Clueless, but that sort of Clueless has very little to say about race. Right.
0: Could have been. It more in like a colorblind casting yes. sort of way. This character could have been white. boy yeah. cast um, black actor. And yeah, so I I did notice that. I also felt like there was the potential between, and I was probably really reading into this relationship between Valerie and Josie.
1: To me, I, mean, I saw that potential. I think. I don't think it was there. No, I don't think it was there,
0: but, like, I saw that. Yeah, there's
1: a reading for that, absolutely.
0: Um, As well.
1: Except we have her boyfriend shoehorned in. Well, exactly. So you
0: have to make sure that (laughs) there's a heterosexual ending
1: to it. it's very important. Despite him being basically a non-entity in the entire film. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And this relationship really being kind of forced upon... The film as well, yeah. which I don't mind because there was there was no dimensionality to, <laughs> to any of it.
1: <laughs> yes, um, other than to show like Alan Cumming is evil and is isolating Josie from everybody for better control.
0: And, and one of the things she does is she like abandons her friends and yeah. abandons this guy yeah. uh, when he's doing his open mic night or something.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no. I I can definitely see a a, a reading, a queer reading of uh, Valerie and Josie.
0: I was, I felt like that was there.
1: Yeah, I will say that is something that I suspect in the period this was filmed, the Archie comics would have been very opposed to as an oh, yeah um, We hadn't
0: gotten to dark Archie. Yeah. Yet
1: um, we were we were not anywhere near that. I I still remember there was a blog who um, re-captioned put new words in the mouth bubbles of a bunch of Archie comics on his website, kind of making fun at the like fakeness of their squeaky clean image and making some of the characters gay and, and, you know, Oh, it's Archie, but they're saying bad words and getting like a cease and desist from Archie because, and like in it, they were like, look, no one in Riverdale's gay period. (laughs) Of course, now there actually is a gay character in Riverdale.
0: Um, Well, isn't art, not Archie, the hamburger man,
1: What's his name? Jughead. Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jughead is canonically ace. Yes. Uh, asexual. Um and I still think Archie and Betty and Veronica need to get into a throuple, but that might be pushing it too much for <laughs> anyone.
0: They're 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 definitely not they're progressive fine. in Riverdale land right now.
1: No. And um, we haven't certainly been watching the show Riverdale anymore, but
0: But it got dark.
1: It got dark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the pre dark. Yeah pre-dark time uh also noticed that all of the music was produced by adam Schles-
1: schlesinger. schlesinger i didn't notice that but i suspected and it. then
0: <laughs> and then i got excited and then i got sad
1: yeah yeah uh i, I was not su- i'm not surprised at all to have seen that i didn't no. see that in the, in the credits but i wasn't looking
0: because he did a lot of the music for crazy ex-girlfriend yeah and um,
1: and, and other- oh, so many great comedic music moments <laughs> plus his own band was great
0: um, he unfortunately died of COVID. Yeah, during the pandemic. God,
1: that feels like it was so long ago. He oh, was
0: one of the early kind of celebrity of deaths. Ones.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm still mad about that now. Uh, yeah. Turns out, turns out I'm still mad about Adam Slicheringer's death.
0: Yeah, that, that's fair. Mm.
1: I think he wrote that thing you do. Like, again, yeah, that I think was another. In, yeah. Like,
0: I think you're right. Yeah,
1: he he oh, was so good at nailing the pastiche of songs, but also the honesty of styles.
0: Yeah, the different moments in time.
1: Yeah, he never felt like he was parodying them, but he was making songs that were honest to that style. Because most of the Josie and the Pussycat songs are pretty good. Like, I don't know that I'd listen to all of them all the time, but it's a solid soundtrack. Yeah. And it is absolutely of that moment and Mm -hmm. very much in in tune with...
0: But catchy little pop songs but of that moment that you would... catchy little
1: pop songs. I, the first time I saw this, I was singing the, the opening song, you know, Six whole hours mm-hmm. and five short days, just over and over again, because it gets in your brain, mm-hmm. like a worm, a brain worm.
0: Uh, you, we can confirm did write title track of That Thing You Do, yeah. which is one of the ultimate earworms. Oh, such a perfect
1: song. There's not much that beats that
0: oh Oh, he did uh stacy's mom
1: yeah yeah just like adam Flesinger's a freaking genius and it is ridiculous that he was taken from us via covid (sighs) yeah if you haven't heard amy and i talk about how amazing crazy ex-girlfriend is uh it's the best beats the rest and yeah, no it's no small part due to the work of Adam Uh
0: too bad we finished the show before we podcasted. Uh, we podcasted <laughs> so we didn't get to talk about
1: I mean I'm still saying I'm I'm not opposed to us doing a, a side project that's just us talking about every single episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's, that's
0: fair. On a we rewatch. Might need a couple years in between <laughs> watching and rewatching for for Amy's benefit. Yeah, she can't
1: watch things too close together. Yeah. So It's against the rules.
0: Yeah, the rules of my brain. Yeah. Not only I have.
1: <laughs> see if there's anything else. I made sure I wanted to talk about. Uh,
0: and it was only as long as it needed to be. It was oh, 90 minutes. It
1: was, it was a perfect 90 minutes. No longer, no shorter. It kept you kept moving forward.
0: An interesting. I should fact check these things before I give them out as facts. Eh. Wikipedia says Beyonce, Aaliyah. And um Lisa Lefti Lopez all auditioned for the role of Valerie that, that Rosario Dawson uh
1: played. That also seems like it needs to be fact checked. <laughs> Fair enough. Um only because like no one else in the role is a singer. In the same like
0: like Oh, you're right, those were singers. Our singers yeah no well okay
1: yes <laughs> yes those are singers. those are singers but none of the people playing those roles were singers and that, i yeah. don't think that was their voices i think someone was overdubbing them
0: they had they were cast they were credited for the songs along with two other people yeah. for the josie and the pussycat songs yeah.
1: so they may have sung some of it but i do i think they cast actors first rather than singers for those roles
0: doesn't mean they weren't looking no it doesn't
1: it doesn't mean they weren't looking i think this would have been a very different movie with beyonce in it even yeah. 2001 beyonce uh, That feel, again it's on wikipedia it might be true that feels uh kind of i mean
0: this up. is a billboard article okay so the
1: billboards pretty re- respectable so check the sources that's that's not no, not nothing i don't
0: think that they were in like the front running Yeah, I would expect, but they came in. Yeah,
1: came in right off the room. Still neat. Just
0: so interesting.
1: Yeah,
0: fascinating film. So if you uh, if you're a child of the '90s, like we are, and remember these times,
1: oh yeah, go go watch uh, this
0: movie. Or if you're a fan of of all the Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, Ben Stiller films of that era
1: mm-hmm. then yeah, this, also needs, this really... needs to be up there with them
0: and I'm not even a fan of those films and no. I liked Josie and the yeah. Pussycats so yeah, it's, it's a
1: good movie I'm
0: you glad can, we watched it uh, it's available now on HBO Max yeah. to stream
1: Yeah, that's where we watched
0: it and that's where we watched it
1: so, so.
0: I think, you want to talk about the Patreon? let's talk about the Patreon,
1: did you know we have a Patreon Amy? I did. okay well i guess i will really tell I you know. about it then. <laughs> yeah we have, we have a patreon five degrees between dot us is our website but you can go to our mm-hmm. patreon at patreon.com slash five degrees and give us a buck an episode if you feel like it or two bucks an episode mm-hmm. uh we of course release the podcast for free to the masses as podcasts are meant to be uh you can listen to us on any pod catcher that you have.
0: Yeah, our podcast is sitting next to our mic now. It's been
1: very well behaved and I haven't said anything about it because it would ruin the moment.
0: <laughs> That's okay. We got like two minutes left. We, we minutes can survive. Through. We can we through.
1: through. Yeah, we got we got a podcast and a podcast. Uh all of the episodes will be free, but if you subscribe if you support us on Patreon, you can get bonus behind the scenes audio of the moments before and after we record each episode when I've turned the mic on and haven't turned it off yet.
0: It's mostly talking about and to our cat. Yeah,
1: we're not very exciting. Um, but you can also get the satisfaction of paying for something that everybody else gets for free. And that makes you cool. <laughs> or it makes you jerky.
0: Well, that's how Patreon works. Yeah, and that's, that's it's actually exactly how
1: Patreon works.
0: <laughs> it's actually a pretty... I was very skeptical when Patreon first came out yeah. like 10 years ago. Well, and, I was okay. like, people aren't going to... Pay, pay for things that are things? free yeah. to support artists. Yeah.
1: And to be fair, Patreon the company is a little a little hanky.
0: Yeah. And it's I, the only one kinda doing love what them. does
1: um know. I don't love some of the business practices they decide on. Mm-hmm. Or that they'll roll they'll say, well, Hey, we're announcing this new thing and then all of the creators on it will say, We didn't want that. That's a terrible idea. And the Patreon yep. will say, Well we were just thinking about it. Like we probably won't do it for real. Um, and the, the problem there is venture capitalism. Uh, that's that's really what it is. is they got mm. they got to get a ten investment.
0: Where's Josie and the Pussycats Part Two? Venture right? capitalism, right? startups.
1: Right. I would watch that movie. Get back to the original cast. I know Rosario yeah. Dawson's problematic, but I would I would watch it anyway. <laughs> um. Yes. Give me that, and then give us a dollar on Patreon after we watch it. <laughs> like that segue. Uh, you can cap your uh, donations monthly if you don't want to pay us a hundred dollars if we release a hundred episodes in a month although if we released a hundred episodes in a month we would die so we won't do that um, but it helps pay for things like hosting and our own domain which i mentioned is five degrees between us and you know it'll it'll help us buy a pizza someday and that's important don't you want us to eat pizza yeah yeah
0: everybody wants pizza, everybody wants pizza. Uh,
1: please rate and review us on the thing tell your friends about this cool podcast where people talk about movies that are 20 years old and also that came out more recently
0: we we have a large oeuvre.
1: Yes, we're not limited in our space. Uh, that's all I got. I think we're good. Say good
0: night, Amy. Good night, Amy.